What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Dave McMiniman will join us here in a few moments. Laura, what do you got? So on Saturday, my boy from Guadalajara, well, from Jalisco, yeah. uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez was recognized by placing his uh, handprints and footprints in, um, outside of TLC's Chinese Theater. And he's only, he's one out of two boxers that has been able to do this. The last time this happened was in 1936. Wow. And it was Victor McLaughlin. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So this honor is usually reserved for Hollywood actors such as Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. But right. some people have been saying it was too soon and he shouldn't have been the boxer to do this. So... Um, it's interesting because I would have guessed Muhammad Ali would have been in there. Like, I, I did not know that. Uh, so that is an interesting factoid there, Clinton Yates. I'm guessing that that was something where a certain amount of boxers decided we're not doing this. And a lot of people followed suit. But it's always good to see when somebody gets recognized in a way that's appreciative to them. So, yeah. Hollywood I can't believe they can not? get Canelo Alvarez off the golf course, man. You guys have no idea. <laughs> I swear to you. I know people don't realize this, but I have gotten to see this up close a few different times. This guy loves, loves, loves golf. So he trains all day as a fighter, and then he golfs the rest of the day with oh. coaches and other guys. And he likes to put a couple bucks on him, if you know what I'm saying. But the thing is, he lives a very quiet life down in San Diego because when he goes into Mexico, it's like Michael Jackson just showed up. Like, this guy is Muhammad Ali in Mexico. And I just don't know that enough people, sports fans – in particular, non-boxing fans understand what a monster oh, star Oh, no, he's a monster star. Yeah. I mean, he's not Julio Cesar Chavez, but, I mean, he's a monster star in this day and age for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I just thought it was surprising because I, I would have guessed that there would have been another boxer between now and 1936. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right, that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good time. See, that's that's why Laura does these. Right. I sure as hell didn't know right. that. You don't like, know that's this a stuff. long time right. in between. So Dave McMiniman is going to join us here in just a moment. Laura, just let me know uh, when he's there. In the interim, do we still have J.D. in Compton? Because I know he'd been holding on uh, patiently before that. All right, let me hear J.D. What's up, J.D.? Hey, what's up? Hey, um, we pretty much all know A.D. is not built for this season. You look at his history, his injury history, he's not built for this season. So Rob Palenka need to go in there and make his moves because Kawhi Leonard is going to be a free agent next year. And he can, he can undo the wrong that he did to us last year because we need a big three to see Brooklyn. Because even if we, anybody make it to the finals, Brooklyn is going to tap. He gonna t- they're going to tap him out. So I see this is a perfect time for Rob Lincoln to go to work and make the move so we can get Kawhi on the books next year. Okay, well, look, I, I mean, the Lakers uh, don't have a lot of hold room on. This is, to make hold that on. happen. Hold on, let me explain something to you. That's positively <laughs> insane, okay? Every Lakers fan who thinks that there's just some sort of unlimited resource of human beings walking the globe for the Lakers to pick up and plug in that are going to replace arguably the best players in the league? Are you crazy? Anthony Davis is not a replaceable one yeah. of one, dog. Yeah. That's why yeah. he's so good. And I'm not yes. trying to knock this caller, but like this mindset that like, oh, well, that guy's got to go. Somebody else is coming in. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. He yeah. has to get healthy and then pro- 
produce. That's what has to happen. You can't right. trade him out. That's not an option. They just signed him to an extension. Come on, <laughs> so, man. So, look, Dave is here. Let's talk to Dave McMenamin. <laughs> well, I'm sure he's laughing hearing that one because that – I mean, though, I'm sure your Twitter feed is full of a lot of that. And we like JD and JD. We appreciate the call. But Laker fans, you know this. You've covered this team now twice. Uh, so you know how passionate they are. And they got no time for anybody who's even injured, okay? Um <laughs> But l- let's start. Uh, well, actually, what is this weirdest tweet? Wait, can I respond to JD first? Like, yes, yeah, go ahead. Please, go ahead. Go ahead. We're going stri- yeah. to strip down the books, and yeah. Kawhi Leonard's <laughs> going to magically choose the Lakers. Not like, what is going on? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. People are losing their mind, McMinniman. Wow. I'm sh- I can't even imagine <laughs> I mean, what your mentions look like. But, uh, all right, let's do uh, this. They've been, a, they've been a mess. Yeah, I bet. Uh, so let's do this. LeBron, I heard Allie Clifton on the uh, postgame the other day mention that LeBron, I want to say it was 2017 in the preseason, had a similar injury. He missed the entire preseason, came back for the regular season, was out three-plus weeks or so. Uh, I would imagine you were there for that. So, like, what do we know about this injury and about his history with injuries similar to this? Yeah, I was there for that. Uh, it was one of the first practices of training camp and was on a fast break, and Jetty Osman, who actually LeBron and, and him developed a wonderful relationship. It was his rookie season, and uh, he was you know, trying to make an impression on, on the coach by hustling back on defense rather than just giving LeBron the wide-open score in a scrimmage in, in a training camp practice. And LeBron stepped on Jetty's foot, turned it, but that was the the type of – ankle turn we're accustomed to seeing the outside sprain not a inversion type of high ankle sprain and so you know those those ones while it was a bad one obviously we didn't get to see the scrimmage but everyone i spoke to at the time was like yeah that was it was a bad one like a, a bone touching the court type of turn uh it was the typical one uh the high ankle sprain is a bit of a different animal Yes, it is. We've seen a lot of athletes. You hear high ankle sprain and you go, okay, come on, man, get back. But high ankle sprain is a whole different world. Dave, if I told you that there would be no LeBron and no AD the remainder of the season, can you make an argument for the Lakers still being in the championship hunt? Remainder, including the playoffs? Yeah, I'm saying, like, let's just say that they don't make it back this year, just at all. At all. <laughs> Max not even trying to fathom that they notion. They won't be in the championship. So, like, what are we talking about? They're going to win well, a championship with Montrezl Harrell and Dennis Schroeder as the best two players? No, of course exactly not. what would, I said earlier. This exact, um, it's a setup because here it goes. The reality is, is that they're nowhere without these two guys. That's it. It's real simple. These guys come back, they're healthy, then they have a chance. If they don't, because it's a high ankle sprain and we're talking about calf slash Achilles, we cannot say for sure that either of these guys will be back. That is my point. Yeah, sure. I, I, I think it's, it's a fair point to make in terms of managing expectations. But at the same time, I wouldn't have any reason to go to a place where I say I have concern about either of them being able to return healthy this season. Uh, I, you know, there's, there's no reason – for that type of concern. Anthony Davis has been in the rehab and recovery program now for about five weeks. I anticipate him nearing a return sometime in the next two to three weeks. LeBron 
what I've been hearing is the initial estimate of how long this could take could somewhere could be somewhere in the three to four week range. So that has both those guys returning around the same time with 15 games or so remaining of the regular season to be able to find a rhythm, be able to find a new identity with whatever new pieces potentially Rob Polinka adds to the puzzle over the next week or so. And maybe gives them enough time also to kind of right the ship of where they are in the standings because the Western Conference is really tough. They're only a couple games up on the San Antonio Spurs right now who are in the, the sixth seed. Uh, if they have a you know a bit of a rough time here, and it's understandable that they would, you know, they, they might be in the seventh or eighth seed by the time those guys return, and they'll, they'll need to have a successful final stretch of the regular season uh, to get a better first round opponent. Mac, it's Yates. I'm going to ask you this a little bit more, a little a little less dire in a less dire manner than Cap. But I know if I'm, they, a, I'm a wreck. <laughs> if they I do, mean, geez, I know. Good lord, hold on, hold on. Can we can we address wreck. that? First, because you are literally like the Grim Reaper all I'm of emotional. a sudden. What the hell? I'm worried. What well, if clearly, they don't come back? Clearly worried. Okay, hold on. Here's my question, though, which is if and when they do come back for the timetable that is listed that you just pointed out, you know, what is a sort of, I don't know, what is a reasonable expectation before we believe something is way wrong? Like, if they drop to six or seven, that's one thing. If you get to nine or ten – and then you're sort of playing your way in. Is yeah. that then beyond the AD LeBron injury element? And sort of what have you heard about that from guys around the squad? Just in terms of what what a reasonable expectation is for this this injury period that we're waiting for for the guys that are there now. Right. Well, first of all, Clinton, happy birthday. Second Thank of all, you. when I look at what we're talking about here, like I haven't had a chance. Everything happened so quickly over over this weekend. You know, you have the afternoon game on Saturday. The team flies out to Phoenix. They play again tomorrow night. So I haven't really had a chance to check in with many guys on the team about where their head's at. I have spoken to some sources in the organization, and they are trying to find the silver lining of, okay, like this is going to give us a chance to do a little bit more player evaluation uh, with some of these guys, in particular like a Talon Horton Tucker, who they're going to have a really tough decision to make this summer with. Uh, do they want to potentially – have to pay him a bunch of money to have him stay as a Laker or do you let him walk? And this is a proving ground for him. And beyond that, the, the phrasing uh, terminology that was used with me is that we want to do everything in terms of the big picture. And so that could be, if you recognize that, Hey, this is going to be tough for us to win these games. We're not going to lay down and, and try to lose, of course, but we can experiment with, Experiment with these games and, and try different schemes, try different lineups uh, to try to see what they could look like in the playoffs. Because if you know that it's going to be a tough stretch to begin with anyway, uh, it, it, in, in a way it gives you kind of a freedom of expectation where it's like, let's try some stuff. Because when I have Anthony Davis and I have LeBron James, I know the way we have to play. I know, I know the way we have to play because I have done it as Frank Vogel and won a championship. Uh, so that's already – part of my playbook what i don't know is how maybe i'll unearth some excellent second unit lineup and some excellent action that i can work with them that will be a wrinkle that helps us win the playoff series so let's go out and find that over this next month or so while we're missing our, our big two and so 
know, that's where things are right now uh, with the state of the Lakers, and it, it could be worse. It, you know, they they some teams lose their stars, and they aren't twelve games over five hundred. Uh, the Lakers right. gave themselves a bit of a cushion where this shouldn't be. The sky is falling, uh, but certainly if they found themselves in a, in a nine or ten scenario, the playing game. Yeah, that would concern me a lot because you do have two guys coming off an injury and players who are injured are more likely to get re-injured. And if you get re-injured in a must-win game, if you lose a half, you know, even if they'd be ready to play the next day, you can lose a half and it's over. And so obviously that would be the worst-case scenario they want to avoid. Last thing for you, Dave, before we let you go, our buddy Dave McMiniman with us here does a phenomenal job covering the Lakers uh, for us here at ESPN. So – what do we know as far as targets? And it doesn't have to be specifics, right? It could be position targets, things of that nature. Like, what does this team need? Um, and obviously, it's a challenging situation, right? Because LeBron and AD are out. Like, what, what, do you, what do you get the sense that they're looking at as far as positional players? Yeah, I mean, George, not a lot's changed in, in my reporting, and, and this could be somewhat of the Lakers keeping things close to the vest uh, since – digesting the LeBron news, Frank Vogel allowed to us reporters that, uh, of course, they may have to adjust how they view the trade deadline because they have this period now without either the two stars. But the kind of operating procedure that seemed to be they were headed towards for the last month or so prior to LeBron's injury was, let's get better around the margin. We recognize two positions where we are struggling in, uh, certainly that's in our big man rotation, uh, we already saw them somewhat address that by bringing in Damian Jones, and they could very well, if they strike out on Andre Drummond, go back to Damian Jones. He's an unrestricted free agent. He was not on a team when they picked him up to begin with. Uh, you know, Some teams could say, hey, he looked great on the Lakers. We'll pick him up. But there's a good chance he could be on the market still, so that could be your answer for the big man rotation. They have two slots. And then the other one, you, know, you, you look at, the other guy they brought in last offseason who, was, who has been underwhelming so far is Wesley Matthews. He has three or four really good games, and then he has a lot of forgettable games. Right. And the, the Lakers were a, a pretty darn good shooting team from the outside for the first month of the season and have been near the bottom of the league since. That's got to improve. That's got to change. Uh, I think it's interesting to see Dennis Schroeder say that even though they went 5-for-25 against the Suns last night from three, that – his solution to how they play better over the stretch is to keep shooting and shooting more. I want to see how that works. If that unlocks some of these guys, they feel more freedom with more attempts uh, and get more accuracy. But, but that's the other position that they don't have that designated shooter. Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope has been very inconsistent after the first month of the season or so. Wesley Matthews, as I mentioned, hasn't been that guy. And, you know, one name I mentioned on the jump about a week ago, and we'll have to see what New Orleans does, and obviously we're going to see the Lakers versus New Orleans tomorrow, is, you know, will J.J. Redick um, ask to be bought out? Uh, he's nearing the end of his career. Last year was the first time in his career he ever missed the playoffs playing for New Orleans. Right now, New Orleans is not headed towards the playoffs. Would he want to get out of that situation, join a contender? And if he does do that, would he even choose the Lakers because – hey, he played for the Sixers already, and his family lives in Brooklyn. And those are two teams that some might say have just as good a chance as the Lakers of winning it all. Dave McMiniman does a phenomenal job covering your Los Angeles Lakers for us here at ESPN. Dave, you're the best, bro. Thank you so much for the time, as always. Thanks, George. Thanks, guys.
All right, all right man. Take it See easy. Uh, all right. Coming up next, we'll digest some of that. Now yeah. that we've, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, we've heard it from Dave, let's open up the phones at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Uh, what are your concerns? How, fall, how far do they fall in, in your estimation? Because they're going to fall some. They're not going to stay at the three seed. Like, that, that seems uh, at least fairly obvious to me. I think we need to level with each other in regards <laughs> to that. So we've got that. We've got a great anniversary. And our local TV bracket that you're going to compete in is coming up in three minutes. And now you've taken it a step further by just literally pointing out anyone who dances worse than you, which is probably not a, lot, a ton of people. Well, listen, but- George, you got to take wins whenever you can get them. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You know, I'm kind of like the Lakers right now, minus AD and LeBron. Any win I can get along the way with what I got, I got to take that win. That's what I'm talking about. And, yes, I am a much better dancer than Clark Kellogg, as he proved on national TV. Hold on, though. Let let me jump in here. Clark Kellogg was put in a bad spot. I think if you and Clark Kellogg were in the building at Mm -hmm. the bar and the the DJ dropped the hits, Mm -hmm. I think Clark Kellogg might be able to get it moving a little better than what happened on that stage. Yeah, I'd still bet on on Clark, yes. Maybe, but I just want to say that uh, I, too, Clinton, was put in a very uncomfortable spot, just so you know. You know, it's like when you go to a club and you feel it, then you let loose. But everybody was like, come on, man. Tuesday night, have a glass of wine and do a selfie video. I was in a very bad spot, Clinton. Oh, my <laughs> Fair God. Enough. Fair enough. Good Lord. Don't want anyway. this to derail the show. I'm just saying Clark Kellogg was in a tough, tricky. You know, nobody there was put in a good position. That's why the team OGs have to go. Enough yeah. of those things. Can't uh, uh, Seth Davis right. tried hard. We do have our L.A. local TV bracket up. We only did 32. Um because we were going to do – we have a sports region and, like, a news region. Um, it, it, we were going to do more, but it just – it was too hard, like, to be honest with you. Right. Um, like, it was just too many people, and, and we just wanted to keep it simple. Um, so here's the deal. Uh, just so people know, I'm just going to read through these as quickly as possible. In the sports region, the number one overall seed is, of course, the great Jim Hill of CBS2. He is facing off on this against the 16 seed Nikki K. And by the way, you can just go to the ESPN Los Angeles Twitter account. There are polls set up in a thread. There's a uh, an original tweet, and then if you go and click on the original tweet, you'll see all the different polls below it, and you can vote on all these different matchups. Then we got Rob Fugazaki versus Beto in the 215. Uh, Fred Rogan against Ali Clifton in the really, 314. Really, really need to see some Ali votes here. You know, I mean, I hate to make it personal, but I, I'm really voting now for Ali. I don't want to see Fred advance. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Liz Habib and Pablo Alcina, Alcina of uh, they are uh, you know teammates at Fox 11 going at each other in round one. Darren Horton of KTLA versus uh, more teammates versus Steve Hartman of KTLA 512. Kurt Sandoval of ABC7 versus Jamie Maggio of CBS2. Our buddy Geeter. Uh, Geeter is a seventh seed against Patrick O'Neill 
Uh, so you got Lakers versus Kings there. And then John Hartung versus Genie Zalasco. So you got some Dodgers versus Clippers there. That is the 8-9. In the news region, I'm going to tell you right now that Sam Rubin, if anyone from KTLA is listening right now, Sam Rubin was snubbed. I will tell you that I told them to put Sam Rubin in this bracket, and I am going to blame the committee known as Greg and Carlo for not putting him on. Because we did mention, Greg, I, it is in writing. I can prove it. Wow. On an email that I had Sam Rubin on this list. Didn't make the cut. Sam Rubin, listen, you can take it personally. You can get upset. He's the tweet. best entertainment uh, that, reporter in town by by far. That Mr. George, George, I don't uh, that may be the case. He's that a legend. Uh, George, that may be the case. Everything you say may be true, but in the final analysis with all these names, there could only be 32 and the committee, whoever they are, chose not to put Sam Rubin into the field of 32 it's insulting it is i understand it okay yeah. but but i don't even know who to fetch to i really don't okay look if there were right. 64 on, on. if there were 64 play people in there then you know sam rubin probably makes it in there's tough decisions if we had an entertainment if we had like an yes. entertainment and like bracket or like entertainment and like news and Fluff. or like excuse me entertainment and like traffic like if we if we mixed different parts and we had another region, and maybe next year we'll expand. Okay, I'm uh, down with that. Yeah, we can but expand he would have been a one seed if it was if he had his own region. There's no and question. Can I say this as a newer resident? I've been here about a year now. Sam is great, but Sam's not upending KTLA weekends as a show entirely Correct. in the playing KTLA game. Weekends, That's so. not happening. The yes. 838 stretch. Your boy's out here doing those stretches. My man Mark Bester. <laughs> I'm here for him with the surf tips. I'm sorry. Sam's great, but he's not upending the entirety of the weekend show. That's not Boy, that, this is, that this doesn't is, make sense. This has just turned into one big hate session on poor it's Sam. It's not a hate no, session. It's Come not. On, Sam. Sam every single day. I watch KTLA News before I watch Kelly and Ryan. Trust me. I'll be doing this. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's a whole show, and there's one guy who's in a different realm that he should be the one seed in. It's a tough break. I get okay. it. But you know, I love that you just said that you watch he, Kelly and Ryan. I just love that you just said every that. Every day. Because he, I just... Yes. I, I told a friend of mine earlier today that my girlfriend took me consignment store shopping this weekend. And he's like, stop. Just stop right there. Don't tell anybody that. Just don't tell people that. And now here you are, Ryan and Kelly. You're making me feel really good about myself, Clinton. Thank good. You. Maria Menounos filled in today. It was a big news alert in my world. Anyway, I watched that show. And I like Sam. That's how I know that he's good. Gotcha. Uh, all right, so here's the news bracket, the news region, okay? This is the other side, the other 16. The one, the one seed is Pat Harvey. There's no question. She's the GOAT, okay? Um, and then she is facing off against this. This is how, how impressive the news region bracket is. KTLA Weekends is the 16 seed, okay? Oh. 16 seed. Then Has number a 16 two, ever beaten a one in this event? I mean, I, it's the first event we've ever had. So, okay. You know, well, it there's is no history. At this, there's point. No his, this may not be that big of an upset. Right. So uh, it, we also have another GOAT in Mark Brown from ABC7 against Alex Michelson of Come Fox on, 11 as the Come 215. On, Colleen Williams versus Frank Bugley, uh, 314. Christine Devine versus Philip Palmer. That's 11 versus 7 there. Or 413, channels 11 versus 7. Uh, Gail Anderson... I believe the greatest reporter uh, oh, in L.A., uh, in my opinion. Gail Anderson uh, is the five seed versus Leslie Sykes uh, at 12. David Ono, 16-time uh, Emmy winner, I believe, is a six seed. That's how deep this is Emmy against Tony McEwing from Good Day L.A. Uh, in the 11th spot. Chuck Henry, another goal. Wow, Chuck Henry is a seven seed? This is crazy. Uh, versus Buckley. Michaela Pereira. Frank Buckley's uh, a tough out, too. I don't know why he's 14. 
Yeah. And then Dallas Reigns, the only weather guy to make it. Dallas Reigns, the eight versus Rick Chambers. Again, a longtime uh, KTLA anchor as well. So that's our bracket. Go to ESPN Los Angeles and uh, and you can vote there. And there, if you go on the actual uh, tweet, it will expand and you'll see all the different, bra- you know, people you can vote for and the different uh, matchups that you could vote for. Apparently, Sam Rubin, excuse me, apparently Sam yeah. Rubin is complaining about Dallas Reigns. And Sam Rubin okay. thinks that Dallas is Reigns... Is he tweeting us? Okay, hold on. Let me let me jump in here. This is what we need to do next year. All right. Next year, we expand this to the four regions, and one is entertainment, and the other is weather. Weather's a, let whole, me t- a whole region. Let me yes. tell you something. Yes. It yes. is amazing to me yes. for a climate and locale that is basically 75 and nice every day how nah. much weather coverage we nah, get nah, dog, i love it microclimates dog look it's I, different I, it's different it's, listen microclimates it, dog. It, i know listen you you we know you're new you're here you you've said this listen. as much listen the beach is 15 or 20 degrees cooler than in the valley okay I know. and then i'm not you know, complaining and, and, and then and then you got the mountains right you got the desert right like you got the low so desert many... and the high desert i Correct. know this but this is Correct. my point though george got is that mountains. this this is almost a category like there's an argument that the, the weather seat the weather bracket if you ranked all the brackets yeah. would be higher than some of the other ones because no, people no, are doing sure. a lot of work that's what Next i'm saying year, Next year, weather will be its own, and then weather we can and do entertainment. Like, yep. we can do like entertainment and traffic together. Okay, yes. like we can do that because there's not that many entertainment reporters. You know what I'm saying? So right. we'd have to combine them with expand the next, field. Next year we'll do 64. Next year we'll do 64. Sam, I am telling you my deepest and sincerest apologies. I am a huge fan of your work, and these heathens did not put you in, despite the fact that I have <laughs> oh, written well, proof Sam. via you know? email. Okay, oh, well, that's Sam. all I'm saying. Oh well, Love right. Sam. Listen, we didn't get to anything we were supposed to get into there. What in this were we getting segment, into? So, so coming up next, uh, by the way, at 6 o'clock, Martin Jarman, the AD of UCLA, our pal, is going to join us as UCLA had a big win. Uh, let's talk about that uh, a little bit. UCLA is rolling. USC is playing tonight as well. And what are your thoughts on the Lakers, okay? The Lakers right now, what is the biggest question you have about the Lakers? Hit us up, 877-710-ESPN. How far will they fall without LeBron and AD for at probably about a month? 877-710-ESPN, and what is the best-case scenario, in your estimation, uh, with the Lakers? So we'll get into that on the phones. We are back in tres minutos. Thank you, Chris. We have Paul Rodriguez in Ventura. Paul, what is the Money Madness School of the Day? The Money Madness School of the Day is Oral Roberts University. Yes, sir. Congratulations. You've won $200 in cash, and you qualify for the grand prize of two nights at a luxury suite, Harrah's Resort SoCal, $250 in a resort credit, and hopefully, perhaps, $1,000 in spending cash. Congrats, man. How does it feel? Very good, George. Thank you very much. Big fan of you and Kaplan, and uh, today, Clinton is filling in. Say hi to LZ for me. Thank you very much. Right on, Paul. Appreciate it. Let's put you on hold. Let's put you on hold. Congrats again. Uh, and uh, and another satisfied winner, Clinton. Yeah, make sure you listen Wednesday at four fifteen. We'll get another. We will announce another money badness school of the day. All right, there you go. Uh, hmm. Another satisfied winner. Congrats to Paul Rodriguez in Ventura. Again, listen at four fifteen, and listen for the money madness school of the day. And then in the five o'clock hour, your chance to win two hundred bucks in cash right away, and then perhaps the grand prize as we mentioned earlier. So. 877-710-ESPN if you want to jump in. 877-710-3776. Real quick, let's get back into the Lakers for a second. Let me ask you a question, Clinton. Yes? What's their identity now? Like, if you're Frank Vogel, 
Like, what are you going in there saying to your team as far as, like, this is the style that we have to play now that we don't have LeBron and AD? I mean, two things. Number one, that question is above my pay grade. And number two, (laughs) that's why you make the big bucks. Because that is a very difficult situation. One of the things we talked about just now when Mac-10 was on was, like, who are these guys going to be? And I think that sometimes it's very easy to look at NBA players and say, oh, well, you guys should be able to step up in the interim. Uh, teams are not built that way anymore. Right. It's not right. as if just through one through ten, the, the, the three through eight guys are just the next three through eight best players. That's not how any of that works. The, you know, People are put together because they feed off each other well or what they do when somebody else can't do something is very important or very key. So they don't know what their identity is. You know, watching that game against the Suns, by the by, that was one of the best-dressed games in the in the NBA this year. The Lakers had their baby blues on. The Phoenix had the Valley stuff on. That was a good-looking good game Did with a lot of fun sharp. sneakers. Yep. Um, but separately, I, I just I don't think that that's a question that's fair to answer right now. I think that that's what you're figuring out if you're Vogel. Because ultimately, you've got to also figure out what your goal is. Like, like you said, is your goal to try to like win every game? Or is your goal talent evaluation for down the line? Or is your goal just maintaining... Whatever level of competitive juices you need, you feel the you feel you need to have in order to feel like you're giving yourself a shot. Like even if they do win three out of the next twelve games, if they're in all of them, okay, you know what I mean. Like we we can we can live with that, so to speak. But if they're getting banged out every night by 12, 10 or 12, 15 points, that's not good. You know, so to me, I don't think it's fair to say right now what their identity is. We are in an evaluation period, and fairly enough so. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yeah, I don't know, George. I don't know that there is much identity right now. I mean, listen, when you have two superstars, then you have a bunch of other guys that complement the superstars. And then when you don't have those superstars anymore, you have all these complementary pieces of the pie. And then the question is, can any one or two or three of these guys step up and be more than what they were required to be when they were only pieces of the puzzle? Look, I know I'm coming as a downer like they're done. Oh, my God, it's over. What I'm saying is this, is that it's not next man up because there are no other men like these two guys. And so, listen, same thing happens in the NFL. Your quarterback, if you've got a superstar quarterback and he goes out, you go, hey, next man up. And you hope to get a good performance. But... You know, you got John Wolford backing up against the number one overall kind of pick, and that's the disparity and the difference between LeBron and AD not being available and who's who's all left. So I know I'm coming across as negative Nelly, but I know there are people out there, George and Clinton, that are panicking like I am. Well, here's what I would say. As far as an identity, okay, and and I'm not Frank Vogel, okay, but I, I will say this. This team, okay, even since AD has been out, is still the number one defense in the NBA. I think that they can do that even without LeBron. They can still be a top five NBA defense. They're, they are capable of doing that. The guys they have in this roster are capable of doing that. And they're going to have to play in the mud. Like, if I'm Frank Vogel, 
I'm looking back now. Granted, he doesn't have a Paul George on this team, right? Um, but I'm going to look back at some of my old Indiana teams, right, who played in the mud. They were great defensive teams, and he's a defensive-minded coach. And that at least is where I'm going to hang my hat on to try to survive this stretch without those two guys. Then yeah, why am but- I hearing so much about other guys coming in and trade deals and so on, so on and so forth? Like, the bandwidth of this team to be both trying to redefine themselves on the court in an injury scenario and deal a bunch of other people, I, I don't think that's smart. Right. You know, I think you've got right. to do one or the other, Scott, right. because at that point, you're just it, it, there's too much activity for something that's ultimately we don't know what it's going to be. you got to figure out whether or not you're keeping these dudes and they're going to get better because if you turn over the roster and it's not better, ah. Uh, that's not good either. Clinton, I, I have been trying to sell this now for about a week. Don't do anything. Because you believe that with AD and LeBron and the pieces that you have, you believed that you were a championship contender. Mm-hmm. So you're waiting to get those guys back. And if you're not going to get them back, then here's reality. You're not going to win a championship this year. So if you break apart this roster that you believe is championship with those two guys and you break it apart because you're thinking, well, we're going to bring in this guy and this guy, no, that's not going to happen. That is not, you're not going to win a championship without AD and LeBron. And by the way, I still believed you could win a championship with just LeBron, but without both of them. All right, dude, I know I'm panicking. I'm panicking. (laughs) I got it. But come on. Am I the only one? No, I mean, it's, 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 it is a, it is not quite a, what is it? A four alarm fire. What's the most amount of alarms you can have on a fire? I don't, you know, it's not, it's not that bad, but it's probably, probably half that. It's like 3.99. Flatline, bingo. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it's not right there, but it's 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 a tough situation. I mean, they're two of the best players in the league, you know. And that's why I think the expectation management is so important here. Like, what is going to be accepted by Laker Nation as a reasonable run over the next 15 games? Is it going to be the type of basketball they play? Is it going to be the record? Is it going to be defensive ranking? As George mentioned, I, you know, I don't know. And I think that that's what Vogel's. This is the hard part about Vogel's job. It's going to be the hardest thing he's done, I think, since he's been the head coach of the Lakers. You know, we've been really touting THT over the last couple of weeks, right, George? I mean, LZ, to his credit, loves his game, loves all the stuff about him, breaks down his game. We're going to find out a whole lot about this young guy. Now, look, it's a lot of pressure for a young player who doesn't have a lot of, of experience, but what we've seen out of him was really, really good basketball as a complimentary piece. Can this young kid step up and be, you know, really one of the lead players now going forward? We're going to find out. George? Yeah, listen, Mm -hmm. I I think that we're going to find out what they're made of. And I think Dave brought up a great point, which is, you know, maybe they unearth some sort of, uh, you know, second unit group that can play together at a very high level. I do think that there's some tinkering that they can do. 877-710-ESPN if you want to hop aboard. 877-710-3776. We'll take some of your calls. Also, a new member of the Rams that I think can help them in a big way. We'll get to that coming up in three minutes. Sedano, LZ, and Cab Clinton here. What's up? Hanging out with us today. I'm a man. I'm 40. And you're 40. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, Deshaun Jackson with the Rams. Kaplan, I love this. I think that this is exactly the type of receiver they need to blow the top off the coverage. I love every second of this. Yeah, I'll be surprised if, um, if he's an impact player. Seriously. I mean, you're talking about a 34-year-old guy that if you were to look up the last couple of years, um, has not really produced anywhere near the way he did when he was younger. And speed was his game. 
And I listen, I'm rooting for him to be the burner that we all want, with the, the guy who can stretch the field for Matthew Stafford. But I'm a I'm cautious about these sorts of, you know, uh, findings of guys that are 34 years old and just really haven't played and produced much in the last couple of years. So I'm a bit more skeptical, George. Yeah, I, I, I sort of feel the same way. I'm with Cap on this, who, by the way, is just still coming with the doomsday alerts every single segment. We love to see it. <laughs> no, but I do think you're right. At 34 years old, blowing the, you know, blow, opening the top off of defenses, I'm not really sure that's what it is. This, to me, is a good story because he's coming home. You know, And Deshaun being in his home market is a more fun Deshaun that for guys like us who are just talking to people and, you know, Making sure that everybody who's you know around here, the people that the fans know what they're about. I think this is a nice ending for things for Deshaun. I don't think this is some huge like fantasy or reality football play for the Rams. It, you know, it's fine, but you know, I, I like Deshaun as a person, and I'm glad to see he's been able to get back here for his sort of final days in the NFL. Well, and Matt Stafford is a cannon, right? So you want somebody that also can get down the field. Now, look, I, I think Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are great receivers. And I think Robert is super versatile, um, but I don't think of him as like Deshaun Jackson, who is a burner. You know what I'm saying? No, but Deshaun Jackson last year played in five games, had 14 catches. The year before, played in three games, had nine catches. And in 2018 with Tampa, he played in 12 games and had 41 catches. I mean, he, he just is not statistically the player. Now, look, can guys go home? And, and, you know, be happy and comfortable and all of a sudden, you know, squeeze out another year or two? Hey, for the Rams and for the kid, I really hope so. Because I've followed his entire career from high school through Cal all the way through the NFL, through highs and lows. And, and he's an excite. he has been a very exciting player. I'm just skeptical that at 34, when you've been as unproductive as he's been the last two years, that all of a sudden he's going to find the fountain of youth. But I hope that he does. George, let me tell you what the what the uh, silver lining is to this. The silver lining to this is that Deshaun Jackson, which has traditionally been something in his career that I I've sort of noticed, and I think I don't know if everybody else thinks this, but he's a better player when he's on a better team. And that's not always the case. Just in terms of what he brings from a skill set standpoint, you're right. He's not a super possession guy like a cup. He's a burner as far as what his skill set is. And if you're on a team or you don't need him to be anything more than that, it can work out. You know, in terms of what he, you know, if he catches, I mean, I don't know how many balls versus touchdowns is going to be a excellent ratio for people to think that he's worth it. But on a good team, Deshaun Jackson, I think, is a, is a more available weapon. Obviously, that sounds kind of basic, but I think this is a case where that might be what we're looking at, as opposed to expecting him to come in and catch, I don't know, five touchdowns, you know what I mean, off the rip, because I, I just don't think that's realistic. And, right? and when you're managing the salary cap like the Rams are right now, this comes down to what can we afford and what what's the risk reward? You know, it, it's like an AJ Green going to the Cardinals. You know, he he's coming off of a massive injury, but the risk reward is low. Um, you're not paying him a lot, and if he's if he's 80 percent of the player he once was, you're getting a lot. So for me, if I'm organizing this in Les Snead's office, I'm going, hey, Deshaun is a really good low uh, low risk, high reward kind of player, but we got to get him to get back to what he was going back to 2018, 17, and really, you know, his best years in the 2012-13 range. I, I, I don't know, just George, have at, I sold you on this, or, or you just you, you still like this? You no, I, I still like it. I, I, still, I don't think you need Deshaun Jackson for 16 games. First of all, he hasn't been healthy for 16 right. games in a long, long time. I just think what you need is just the occasional person – to just lift the cover off the offense. Because when you watch the Rams play offense, um, and look, they're unbelievably creative with their uh, pre-snap movement and things of that nature, 
But, you know, sometimes they're they're moving, you know, they're chunk yardage, although there's a lot of, obviously, West Coast concepts, crossing routes, things of that nature. But a lot of it is, all right, we're going to get you 15 or 20 at a time, right? Maybe, you know, 10 to 15 to 20 at a time. This is a dude that you can go throw it up there and, you know, he can go 40, 50, 60 in one play. So I just think that having that element only makes the offense more potent, particularly with a guy as creative as Sean McVay. I don't disagree. I think he's an option. Wing it. Yeah. Yeah, But you just got to get him healthy and available and then hope that he can do what he's done. Because, listen, he was a very swaggy player. In, you know, when he was really good, when he was, you know, just running by dudes and scoring long touchdowns that were just dropping into his hands like rainbows. I mean, when he was really good, he was a very exciting, fun player. If he can be, again, 80% of that guy for the Rams, he gets to do it in his hometown. It's an awesome story, but he got to get healthy. And, and look, maybe the Rams worked him out and said, we think he's going to be healthy. And we also think he complements the kind of quarterback we have now. We'll see. Yeah, I, I just think I, I, I like the move. I think that um, it's also low risk, I feel like. You know, yeah. uh, it, you know I, I don't know. I, I just think it makes all the sense in the That's world. That's what Cap was saying. I agree. It's a low risk, high reward move, but it's just like I don't, want, I don't want Rams fans to start hitting me up on Twitter telling me about how they got extra weapons this year. Like, you know, Deshaun Jackson is, is an option that hopefully works out, and that's about as far as I'll get with that. Um, all right, listen. Let's go to the phones. We got people holding on patiently. Let's go to Jason and Downey. What's up, Jason? Jason. Oh my. Oh my. What is going Jason, on here? What's happening here? Yeah. What are you doing, okay. man? Let's move. Jason. Jason. Let's go. To, go. Let's go to Jay in LA. Jay, what's up? This is actually Jason from Downey. Oh. Uh, you guys mix it up, but that's all good, baby. First off, okay. happy birthday to the homie Clinton Yates, man. Love it when you guys have him on. Please keep coming Thank back. you. Appreciate and, that, fam. And like my, like my boy Cap. Boys, I'm panicking. I am panicking. George, you said you wanted the 2021 We Believe Lakers. Well, brother, you got them. And, you know, I guess this is just a straight game of staying afloat. You know, these, these, uh, our strong bench was looking kind of weak, and they had the shade of AD and Braun. Now that they're gone, they're sun hitting them right in the face, you know? Makes me realize, like, wow, West Matthews can't hit a three, and dang, Gasol is this bad. I, there's at least three or four of them that I don't even expect to be there by the end of the trade deadline. So I'm just hoping they can at least get to the six seed because, you know, with the healthy Braun NAD, whew, good luck. Have a good day, boys. Mm-hmm. It's a great call. Love it when a guy wishes me happy birthday at the opening of a call. Excellent work out of you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. And uh, we, we, Laura, Laura cops that it was her fault. Um, she picked up the wrong line. So we do now have Jay in LA. Uh, Jay, go ahead, buddy. I, oh my God, I am tengo miedo. But if this is all the same thing, happy birthday. If you're going to put me on a good mood with you, happy birthday. Hope you're having a great day. Thank but you. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little scared. I'm a little worried. But I have a best case and a worst case scenario. Which one do you guys want to hear first? I, I would like to be cheered up. Give me best. I'd like to hear best. Okay, great. So we got three weeks of both AD and LeBron. They're out for only three weeks. They come back April 13th versus the Hornets. During that 12-game stretch, the Lakers go 5-7. and seven. They're 33-22. and 22. They drop maybe to the fifth or sixth seed. 18 games to get back into rhythm and get back onto the third, maybe even to the top seed in the West. Worst-case scenario, AD and Braun miss five weeks. They go 7-15, and 35-30. They drop out of the playoff picture, out of the eighth seed, and they have to play in the play-in game to qualify. 
but you have LeBron and AD in that scenario. You would have them, but they wouldn't have any time to actually prepare for the playoff. They they just jump into the fire. That would be the worst case scenario for me personally. But honestly, I still believe that AD and LeBron are going to come back somewhere around four to five weeks. The Lakers are going to drop maybe to a six, seven seed, but we're going to have LeBron and AD. And who really wants to face the Lakers as a seventh or eighth seed? Even as Utah makes it, even if the Suns make it, do you really want to face the Lakers fully stacked and ready to go into the playoffs with LeBron and AD now rested more than 72 games? So that's the the best and worst case scenario that I have. Hold on. It, coming back off of injury is not rest. Like, just, just, just to be clear about that. Like, I, I, I see what your point is here, but, like, you can't just call the Lakers fully loaded when two of their best players are coming off of injury going into the end of the season. Sure, they might be back and available and healthy, but that's a large part of what the discussion is. I think there's a reasonable amount of teams that would want to face the Lakers immediately in the first round when their team is down and when they haven't figured it out, namely the one that plays in the same building. So I, I just think that the sort of assertions about what those scenarios would present are a little different from what I analyze. And, the Lakers need the to way, figure about getting it healthy. That's yeah. priority one. You yeah. know, the rest of that stuff doesn't even really matter on some level if you're Frank Vogel. Well, and, and, and those were, you know, numbers like, hey, hopefully it's five and seven. George, remember a couple of weeks ago we were having the conversation after the Lakers had beaten the Warriors and Steph Curry made a comment after the game about how everybody's gunning for us. Remember that? Well, that to me, that, yeah. that wasn't rhetorical necessarily. No, no, that, I, I didn't know. So that's why I just stayed quiet. That, that to me yeah. is what's going to happen here when LeBron and AD are out, every single team that faces the Lakers is going to be like, we don't want to just win. We have an opportunity to beat up on the Lakers without those two guys. And I think that they're going to see that, you know, hanging on to five and seven could be really, really tough because they're going to get everybody's best. Yeah, I agree. Oh, listen, I, I just think for their sake, I hope they don't end up in the seven to 10 range. Like, I just want them to be in that six range at the very least so you don't have to deal with the play-in scenario because then you're just asking for trouble, right? Like, you don't want to be down that particular rabbit hole. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776 if you want to keep this going. Coming up next, UCLA with a big win. Their AD, Martin Jarman, will join us live from Indy in a couple of minutes, plus what you need to know in between. 710-ESPN.